On today's show, Christian Wood is unofficially, officially a Dallas Maverick. What is he going to bring to the Dallas Mavericks? What concerns should we have? Jackson Gatlin from Lockdown Rockets is here to tell me all about Christian Wood and more. On today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. don't believe you shouldn't be here and welcome you're locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and nba channel manager for the locked on podcast network thanks for making locked on maps your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms including youtube but the best way to help us grow the show is to comment anything below let us know what do you think about the christian wood trade what are your thoughts A day removed now. You've had some time to process, to think, to see all the takes, to watch Panda Hank and see all his highlight clips that he put together, to listen to Jackson Gatlin on Lockdown Rockets about him. Uh, Let let us know in the comment section below. Joining me today, friend of the show, down I-45, it's Jackson Gatlin from Lockdown Rockets. Jackson, what you got for me? Nick, I hate being behind enemy lines like this, but anything for you, my friend. <laughs> I was gonna say you're the one now with the locked on in the locked on Mavericks. Like this is our turf right now. You're you're in our graphics. <laughs> in the fancy new locked on Mavericks suite. I love it in here. This is so this is so bougie and nice. Uh, if you haven't yet, go check out Jackson's episode yesterday. His first segment is really good for Mavs fans to hear about Christian Wood and his thoughts about him. But we're gonna talk all about Christian Wood today. We're going to talk about what he means, what he, what was his whole situation in Houston, the two years that he had there, uh, why did it end so badly, what are the defensive concerns, because I've seen a lot of takes now. I've read lots of Reddit, I've read lots of Twitter, I've read lots of Facebook, and I've been trying to gauge where Mavs fans are on this deal, and it seems like for the most part, Mavs fans are extremely positive about this trade, and I think Rockets fans are too. Because it just seems like both teams are in just such completely different places. And they got what they wanted. The Mavs got an upgrade of some kind at center, for sure. They got an upgrade. Now, is it the perfect center for the Mavericks? Maybe not. But they got a definite upgrade at center. Jackson, let's just start here. So, when Christian Wood joined the Rockets, what, two years ago or so? What was your first thought of him? And then, how did it, how did that perception about him change as... as his tenure went on for the Rockets. It's important to remember when Christian Wood joined the Houston Rockets, he was joining a Rockets team that was supposed to have James Harden and Russell Westbrook. He was joining a Rockets team that was going to be a ready-made contender. And Christian Wood is the type of player that when Rockets fans were looking at him, this guy was like grown in a lab to play next to James Harden, a pick and pop threat, a vertical spacing rim running big who could play above the rim and, and, you know, pick and roll with the best of them. And we got to see a very, very brief glimpse of that glimpse of that in Houston before (laughs) things completely derailed uh, that fateful season uh, where James Harden, you know, demanded his way out and forced his way to the Brooklyn Nets. So the immediate reaction, that seems like so long ago that that just happened. It's like dog ears, man. It's just, it's rough. Also, um, also, by the way, we should, we should warn everyone listening right now that anytime Jackson and I do a podcast of any kind, something just goes insanely wrong or the two of us just start laughing until we start crying. So at some point during this podcast, insanity will, will ensue. So just be ready for that at some point. 
just totally chaotic individuals, you and I. It's, you can't it's the put worst. two haircuts like this together and, ex- <laughs> and expect normalcy. <laughs> right? It just it defies the laws of physics. That's what happens when you get two of us on a One Zoom call. One haircut at a time. You know, yeah, it's awful. Um, so... <laughs> But fo- focusing right on on Christian Wood, <laughs> the reception was really positive when he first came to Houston, right? This was a guy that we thought could pair with James Harden and really unlock something that just w- quite wasn't there for the Rockets offensively, add another layer to the team. And then that just completely fell by the wayside nine games into that first season. So Christian's role or Christian Wood's role, I should say, in Houston has changed dramatically multiple times within the course of two years, which is absurd to think about. First, he was brought in to be a Robin, if you will, to James Harden's Batman. And then that changed immediately where Christian Wood became kind of this pseudo, maybe a franchise piece. You're like, you're really excited. He's 25 he was, years old. He's putting up 20 He was 10. Nightwing. He then became Nightwing. Basically. <laughs> there you go. That's a great point. He, he, he graduated bat school very, yeah. very quickly. And uh, upon that point, right, Rockets fans kind of latched onto him in the post James Harden era, where it's like, okay, the franchise guys, the franchise guy is gone. You've got a really talented 25 year old, 20 walking 20, 25 and 10 big man. Like, who wouldn't want to cheer for that? And so that was awesome. And it was kind of a fun little transitional year. But then the Rockets were the worst team in the NBA. They picked up Jalen Green, they had Kevin Porter Jr. And at that point, there was a very clear new dynamic at play where it's like, oh, Jalen Green is the future. Christian Wood is no longer the future. Jalen Green is the future. And so he went from being Robin to being Nightwing to then being, you know, in Rockets fans, I should have been take should have taken a backseat to Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. and the rest of the Rockets young guys to be able to focus on this rebuild. So he's had a lot of different identities as a Houston Rocket, ultimately. He then became like, I don't know, Hawkeye on the Avengers when he's like old and like ready to be done. He's like, he's no, like, Nick, you can't, you can't mix I, DC and Marvel. Stop it, man. Come on. What is wrong with you? I couldn't, this think is, of, this is already of, off the rails. I couldn't think of a DC example of like the old guy that isn't, that doesn't want to be on the team anymore. I guess he's like, uh, he, no, he, no, no, here it is. He was, he was Robin. He became Nightwing and then he became, um, then he became uh, Ben Bruce Aff- Wayne, Ben Affleck's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he became Batfleck. Okay, because <laughs> he was the old guy on the team. It, it like he still had some some use, but it didn't look like he should be there. Right? There's some younger guys that are coming up. Like only here on the Locked On Network can you get this type of hard hitting analysis about NBA basketball. What, what was that time like when Christian Wood was supposed to be the next guy? Like the, you know that that Rockets fans are kind of putting their hope in. Like obviously you had hope in whatever that pick was going to be when when James Harden left. But like, what was the thought that he could turn into this and we could put our hope into this guy? Well, you kind of saw a a guy who was incredibly skilled and versatile offensively, right? So I think he was able to lean a little bit more into his direct creation abilities, mostly for himself. Don't get don't get your hopes up about Christian Wood averaging five or six assists a game. It's not going to (laughs) happen. But he was able to lean into his offensive abilities, right? He was able to put the ball on the floor, create for himself, get to the foul line. He was able to kind of isolate a little bit on the wings. Just this really talented, versatile, offensive big man. And you just kind of saw a lot of potential there. And again, at the time it was thinking, okay, well, maybe this guy could be like a long-term piece, right? He's a little bit older than you would like at 25 years old. But if he buys into a role, maybe this talent level can get you, maybe he can be the second or third best piece on a championship team. And I still am adamant to that point that he can be a winning player on a winning basketball team. He just needs the right situation to flourish. And 
being surrounded by rookies isn't exactly <laughs> the best situation on, on the team that was the worst team in the NBA in back-to-back seasons, like that's going to cause you a little bit of problems as far as maybe motivation, putting your best foot forward, leading by example, some things like that. So I do think some of the, you know, locker room potential issues that he may be bringing alongside him or that, you know, people have maybe called out for, you know, called him out for are a bit overblown given you have to take into consideration his circumstances, his situation that he was in for the past two years. Yeah, in the second segment, we're definitely getting into those situations because that's a big thing that Mavs fans are asking about today when they saw the trade go down. They're like, well, isn't he a knucklehead? Isn't he had an attitude problem? So we'll, we'll get into those for sure. I'm curious about what was he like when he actually played with Harden? It wasn't long, right? It was like a 20, was it like 15 games, 20 games stretch or something like that? But what did what did you see when he was actually playing with Harden? So, Nick, I hate to break it to you. It was even shorter than that. It was a zero games. (laughs) It it was. Well, it wasn't even a full nine games because James Harden wound up missing a game in here somewhere, I believe. And the the issue was is is right. James Harden came into training camp late. He was, you know, partying it up in Vegas, all that good stuff. And he came in and James Harden did the best like I want out of here superstar like (laughs) sellout move that he could do. He balled out for the first three games of the season for the Houston Rockets. And then he absolutely mailed it in until they traded him. So we got a three game sample size of James (laughs) Harden and Christian Wood playing alongside one another where Harden was sensational. He was like averaging like 40 and 12 a game, like 40 points, 12 assists, like an absolutely absurd few performances from him at the start of the season. In that stretch, Seawood averaged 25 points per contest, just under 10 rebounds per game, a little over two assists per game, a steal per game, and just under two blocks per game. Again, very small sample size, only three games against the Portland Trailblazers, the Denver Nuggets, and then the Sacramento Kings. So not also the most staunch no, two, two of Two good teams at the time and then an awful one. But. Yeah, but you got a glimpse into what he could do paired with a dynamic pick and roll ball handler like James Harden. And that's where I think a lot of Rockets fans looking at this trade are thinking, whoa, like the Dallas Mavericks could be incredibly potent with Christian Wood. And then Mavericks fans are incredibly optimistic because they finally got what they think is going to be their like Swiss army knife, big man to play alongside Luka Doncic. Coming up, I want to get into the the problems with Christian Wood. What are your concerns? I got a couple of tweets I'm going to pull up. I got a bunch of responses on at Lockdown Babs on Twitter about what is your biggest concern about Christian Wood. Jackson is going to answer those coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best way to check out the odds and lines in sports. The finals are over. There's no more games on the Bet Online betting window. It's very sad. But they do have draft specials. Okay, first round. Oh, wait, they have draft position? No, draft. First round. Third overall pick, the Houston Rockets have it. Paolo Bencaro, minus 500. Jabari Smith is the next one at plus 900. That's kind of surprising that Chet Holmgren is not the next guy. But Chet Holmgren is plus 1,000. Jaden Ivey, plus 1,200. Shaden Sharp, plus 2,000. Keegan Murray, plus 2,000. So it's really Paolo Bencaro or bust at, on, on Bet Online. So if you think anybody else could be the third pick, if you got any inside info, now is probably the time for you to go to, to, go to Bet Online. There's a bunch of other odds there. WNBA odds. As well, you can check those out. Uh, Dallas Wings, three-point favorite against the Mercury at home. That is a little bit surprising. The Mercury have not been playing their best basketball. Hopefully, Brittany Griner comes back for them soon. But the Wings have been playing real interesting basketball. They're playing tonight on Friday if you're listening or watching this. So go check out Bet Online. All the odds, everything for, from MLB to fights to WNBA. Check it out. It's Bet Online where the game starts. 
All right, Jackson, the ultimate NBA mock draft started yesterday. The ultimate NBA mock draft where I made a pick for the Mavericks that is no longer there. And you made a pick for the Houston Rockets that was posted today. Paolo Bancaro went to the Rockets. So go check out that if you're interested in that. Uh, Brian Scalabrini is on there. Ryan McDonough is on there. I edited it. So if it sounds awful, let me know. <laughs> tweet tweet at, <laughs> tweet at me and let me know because I put it together. Go, It's the ultimate mock draft. Uh, it's all, also on the Lockdown NBA um podcast podcast feed so you can go check out it out there as well all right jackson got a couple questions for you about christian wood um let's go to some of the concerns so some of the big um some of the big concerns is about his his um attitude about about the attitude of of christian wood here's the first one that we got from a listener biggest question for luca this is from d money the biggest question about christian wood locker room culture fit what was the whole situation with, with Christian Wood? There's a, a moment in you know New Year's where we talk about he didn't want to come back into the game. What's what's the whole attitude situation that Christian Wood had with the Rockets? So I do think that at times when you look at where the Rockets have been at organizationally, right, as a franchise, is they've they've done a lot of losing, right? They started this past season, they won a game, and then they immediately lost they they lost a game, they won a game, and then they, they immediately won. lost 15 games in a row, which was won a, a game. Uh, really rough start <laughs> to the season. And that's going to like, these are professional NBA players, right? They're competitive at heart. These guys want to be playing high level basketball and that's got to be frustrating, like in and of itself at the end of the day, does this excuse any like, you know, negative behavior, any like reaction from Christian Wood, lack of professionalism, whatever in the locker room? Absolutely not. I'm not going to make excuses for the guy. That said, I, I want you to try and put yourself in his shoes, right? Like you're a really talented basketball player. Thank you. You don't really know about the, did you say thank you? You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. You're an incredibly talented basketball player. You're trying to play high level basketball and you're surrounded by kids at this point, right? Like you've got a bunch of rookies around you. You feel like you're the most talented guy on the team. And yet, you're trying to develop Kevin Porter Jr. as a point guard. You've got Jalen Green who's about to supplant you in the hierarchy because he was the number two overall pick and the entire fandom is fawning over him. And you're kind of old news at this point because like, where do you fit in all of this? So at times felt like maybe Christian Wood was just going out there trying to get his, get his numbers, get his buckets, you know, make sure his stats look good rather than playing, you know, team basketball. But there's also plenty of times where you can look at situations this past season where he was bought in and playing at both sides of the floor and playing that two-way big role where he was not like tunnel visioning offensively or isoing too much. And he was really playing within the flow of the offense and those kinds of things to where you saw the talent on display and you got these, you know, glimpses of, oh, this guy could be like a really great second or third piece on a team like that's actually trying to win some meaningful basketball games. The situation on New Year's Day was disappointing for a bunch of reasons. Christian Wood apparently broke a team rule per head coach Steven Silas and was benched to start the game. He lost his starting spot that night and got subbed into the game with about four minutes to go in the first quarter. The Rockets had built up like a 10-point lead against the Nuggets, a good team. And Christian Wood checked in and he completely like played half-hearted, zero effort, got up like four shots, wasn't trying on offense, wasn't trying defensively, was kind of pouting on the floor. And the Rockets immediately like pulled him back out of the game. They were, went down like 15 at halftime to the Nuggets. And they had this huge halftime spat where KPJ left the arena, like completely bolted, was told that he wasn't going to play in the second half because he got upset at a Rockets assistant coach, threw something around the locker room. And he was told he wasn't allowed to play the second half because of his emotions. So he dipped. 
Christian Wood refused to check back into the game. Emotions. It was it was a gigantic, crazy situation for the Rockets, and it, it, it kind of probably the the lowest point of the season for the Houston Rockets, and that in and of itself, right? That's not great. Quitting on your team sucks. But if you're Christian Wood, like at that point, like what are you playing for? Like the team was already bottom of the conference. Like it, it's again, I don't excuse his actions, but I sympathize with the position he was in with the Rockets being for the second year in a row, the worst team in the NBA. So again, I think that some of these situations potentially overblown because you do have enough evidence to look at of Christian Wood being a guy capable of playing some high level basketball. You said something on Locked on Rockets yesterday that, that made me think it was, you know, Christian Wood came in and he, you know, didn't accept his role as being, you know, third to Jalen Green and to Kevin Porter Jr. with their development. And I was like, you know, when you put it that way, like, I kind of get it. <laughs> like, I kind of get I kind of get what he was going through. Right. Like, I'm not going to sit. I'm 26 years old. And this 19 year old kid is coming in and I'm it's supposed to be my year where. Christian Wood, his career, we have to kind of put his career into into perspective a little bit here. He bounced around a lot. Like we joked yesterday that he was on the uh the Maverick Summer League squad in 2017 when they went to Orlando and they won the Orlando Summer League Championship, whatever that means. It was like six games or whatever, but he was on that. It was, team. It was the Mickey Mouse ring before the Mickey Mouse ring. I know, like literally, literally the Mickey Mouse ring with the Mickey Mouse court and everything. And but he bounced around so much. Like he came in, he was un, he was undrafted. He played for 17 games in Philadelphia. He played 13 games for Charlotte. He played uh, 13 games for Milwaukee. He played eight games for the Pelicans. Then he finally went to the, the the Pistons and had like this nice little run. Oh, and in the middle of that, didn't he go to China and he got kicked off his China team before that yeah. and he came back yeah. and then he made it on the Pistons and finally found a good role there. Then went to the Rockets and had that breakout year with uh with the Rockets so he's like hey I'm like still fighting for my life here and all of a sudden I have to cater to this young Rockets like these young Rockets playmakers and so I I wonder and I saw a lot of people say this that I, I agree with Spencer Dinwiddie was also supposed to be like this locker room problem that was supposed to be this situation where in, with, in Washington it just wasn't working out like oh he's terrible and the Wizards guys would tell me like oh man, he it's just not fitting here, and he wants to be a leader, and he doesn't know his place in the in the organization and all that kind of stuff. Spencer Dinwiddie came here, and all of a sudden was just knew his place from day one, and a lot of that was was Jason Kidd and the coaching staff. Now he jumped in midstream during the season, so it'll be interesting to see if it's different with Christian Wood coming in in the off season like this. But uh, he's also playing for something. And then your point on your podcast was. He's gonna be playing with the you know the best player he's played with for more than three games in in Luka Doncic and like fitting right into that role where Luka's gonna be able to feed him and and make him a much better player. I think that's gonna be a huge boost for him. Yeah, those those are the two things that are absolutely working in the Dallas Mavericks' favor is having both Jason Kidd and Luka Doncic. I'll start with Luka first, right? having an established presence, right? Having a clear cut alpha who he can defer to and say, you know what? Yeah, you're the guy, right? Like everything runs through you. You call the shots. I defer to you because you are the more talented player, right? In Christian Wood's yeah. mind with the Rockets, he thought he was the most talented player on the team, right? And and at the end of the season, we kind of saw Christian Wood got shut down. Jalen Green went off for 30 points in six of his final seven games. And we're like, oh, this is what it looks like when Christian Wood isn't kind of interrupting the flow of the offense and Jalen Green can actually just go get his buckets. <laughs> so that was pretty, pretty eye-opening. But 
you you never really got that sense that Christian Wood bought into being like a secondary player to Jalen Green, to Kevin Porter Jr., to the rest of the guys on the Rockets roster. There are instances, though, of games that he had. Uh, notably, he had one incredible game against the Memphis Grizzlies. The Rockets actually won in Houston. I can't remember the date off the top of my head. I want to say it happened somewhere in March. If you want to go look at highlights from a game for Christian Wood, that is one of the best games where he was bought in on both sides of the floor, competing at a That's high sex. level against a very good Memphis this Grizzlies team and he he played phenomenally right like I was in love with his play that game I remember saying something like that night where I was like if we could get this Christian Wood every single game like this is an all-star caliber player this is a guy that would absolutely be a piece that the Rockets would be willing to pay big money towards moving forward so you got Luca and he's going to help keep Christian Wood in line because there's a clear-cut alpha And then you got Jason Kidd. I think right now the Rockets are in the early stages of the rebuild, not just with their players and their on-court product. Steven Silas is still trying to find his identity as a head coach. And having a more established, like grounded guy who's got the experience in Jason Kidd, kind of maybe able to command the respect of the locker room in a different tone, a different manner than a guy like Steven Silas, where Steven Silas and Christian would go way back to their Charlotte days together. Mm. And that might be more of like a, you know, I know you, you know me, we're maybe a little buddy-buddy kind of relationship, whereas coming in under Jason Kidd and alongside Luka Doncic and a, a team that just made it to the Western Conference Finals, it's like, oh, okay, I better, you know, step in line and make sure I don't I don't do anything, you know, that would, you know, jeopardize my position here with this organization. So I think both of those factors absolutely work in the Mavericks' favor. Especially in a contract year. He should be super motivated and uh, see what happened to, to Jalen Brunson this past year and say, hey, I want that to happen. And Jason Kidd say, okay, you would like that to happen. I would like this to happen. Please do these things. So coming up, there's more concerns about Christian Wood. His defense is one of the primary ones that Mavs fans are concerned about. Let's talk about it. Well, let's ask Jackson. He watched all of his games the last two years. We'll talk all about that coming up. All right, Jackson, we've been talking about Christian Wood. We've been talking about his attitude issues, his struggles. You explained that pretty well in segment two. Now we're going to get into some more questions from you guys. And one of the questions that came up a lot was about his defense. And here's a question from, um, here's a question from a Jew. Uh, He will protect the, will he protect the rim and close out possessions with rebounds? Protecting the rim is a big question for, for Christian Wood because, We've seen some blocks here and there, and you know you're like, oh, he's got a seven three wingspan, and he's, but he's six ten, so he's kind of a little undersized for a big center. What's his rim protecting situation? I'm not gonna say non-existent, but <laughs> if you're exp- and this was the this was the area of like, like I don't know, I can't call it cognitive dissonance with Mavs fans, but it's just like it, it very much shows you're like either just watching some highlights of him or you just haven't watched him play at all. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. Christian Wood is not a rim protector. He's just not. His biggest flaw as a player is he's really not a center because he lacks the ability to defend the interior with any level of consistency. So, and that that's an unfortunate side effect of his game, right? He is an incredibly potent offensive player, a guy that you're going to be able to pair with a Luka Doncic, and he might even walk out there and average like 30 and 10. He gets his rebounds because he's a high point rebounder. He's not somebody who boxes out for rebounds. He's not going to like outwork other guys for their boards. He is just at times taller and jumps higher than other players for their boards, which, Hey, you're not going to complain about getting an extra 10 rebounds a game. But at the same time, there are times when other guys who are just working harder, right. To snare an offensive rebound or something, they're going to outwork him. And, and at times out muscle him, even smaller players will sometimes kind of throw him around a little bit, ragdoll him just because he doesn't have a whole lot of size to throw around down low. The flip side of that, he is a competent 
like perimeter defender. He is a very switchable big. And there have been times when he's like hounded guys like Steph Curry out on the perimeter and done an incredible job, like keeping up with them because he's got great lateral quickness. He's light on his feet. He moves well. He knows how to contest by kind of like giving a little bit of space and keeping his arms extended to where it makes it tough for smaller players to try and shoot over the top, but also not conceding ground on driving lanes and that kind of thing. And as, as well as recovering at times, if players do beat him off the dribble. So that's not exactly what you want out of a guy playing your five spot. Cause he's not going to anchor your interior defense. So, so my biggest message to Mavs fans is Christian Wood is not a center. He has been masquerading as a center for the Houston Rockets and the Rockets have been playing as one of the smallest teams in the association for the past couple of years with him at the five spot. Christian Wood will be best served playing next to a five or at least a guy that is a bigger bodied four who can handle the task of dealing with some of the bigger players in the interior and being effective by being able to guard and at times switch onto a bigger player situationally. Sure. But if you play Christian with the five for 34 plus minutes a night, expect to be probably a bottom 20 defense in the association. <laughs> well, the Dallas Mavericks just got done playing Dwight Powell for like 30 minutes a night. And we're a top 10 defense in the NBA. And I think that's one of the reasons why we can, the Mavs can bring in Christian Wood and, hopefully put him in a scheme that's going to help because what the Maverick scheme does is it puts guys like that in a situation where we're not just, they're not just funneling everything to the rim. It's not a Rudy Gobert. Everybody just get out of, get out of my way. I'm Rudy Gobert and I'm just going to block everybody at the rim and stop that. They, they try to, you know, avoid paint penetration. It's one of the reasons why they lost the warriors is because once they don't have, once they can get paint penetration, then all of a sudden you're just done at that point. But I'm curious to see how he fits in that role because now the Mavericks with Christian Wood have basically established themselves as we're going to continue to be this switchy defense that plays these undersized center types and not rely on a, a slow footed rim protector that just stays around the paint and can only just kind of defend the rim. We got to have guys that can get out on the perimeter and that's such a huge thing for this defense and I'm really curious to see how it works. I think they're, they're definitely going to try him at the five for, for a while, I think, unless they make another move this offseason. But it's going to be really interesting to see how he defends in there. And it could work. Like, I'm not saying it, it won't work out. Like, he, he did play the five for the majority of this past year with the Rockets. They did also experiment by starting him alongside Daniel Tice for a portion of the year mm. because they saw the deficiencies that he had defensively guarding other fives that pairing didn't actually work out because it was just such a catastrophe on the offensive end because the Rockets had two non-shooters on the floor in Daniel Tice and Jay Sean Tate kind of clogging things up offensively defensively the Rockets actually kind of hovered around middle of the pack with Seawood at the four and Daniel Tice at the five. Even during that 15 game losing streak, their offense was just so abhorrent. They just couldn't get anything done on that end. <laughs> So I do think there's some hope there if the Mavericks are able to kind of scheme around him defensively to kind of make the most out of it. And again, I won't say I said zero rim protection, just not a reliable rim protector, right? He's still 6'10". He's still got the wingspan. He can still block some shots occasionally. But if you're relying on that as a crux of your like defensive game plan, you will be disappointed. And the Mavericks won't. So hopefully we'll see what happens with that. Another question from another listener. If I can get it to go, I'm, this, I'm, we're trying the new graphics here from Colby. Can he at least keep Looney from being, being prime shack the next time that we play the Golden State Warriors? That's, that's sort of the one thing is that, uh, as long as you have an, a bigger body than Dwight Powell or a bigger body than Dorian or Maxi to be able to try and keep a guy like Looney from rebounds and from, you know, just anybody getting to the, to the rim at any point, like as long as he's going to stand in there 
it's an upgrade for the Mavs. And so I'm I'm interested to see how that works. But how did he how did he play against some of these like mobile centers? Against more mobile centers, he's able to kind of hold his own a little bit more. Again, most of his struggles will be, you know, readily apparent against the bigger centers like the Jokic's, the Embiid's. Uh, Steven Adams, guys like that, that are kind of, kind of throw him around a little bit more. So against Looney, he never really like. at least I'm going off memory here. So like, please don't like quote me with the voice that I'm using on this podcast, but, um, legitimately, like, I don't remember him like struggling against Kevon Looney. And at the end of the day, he is a guy that knows how to aggressively pursue rebounds. Even if he's not the best at doing his work early, as far as like boxing out and stuff, he does still have the size and he has the desire to go get those boards if only sometimes because he wants to bring the ball up and transition and get directly into his iso offense at least with the rockets <laughs> but legitimately like he's a guy that's going to we'll be able see. to get you those 10 to 12 rebounds a game and you know securing defensive boards is the number you got to finish out your defensive possession strong right if you can't get the defensive rebounds then what are you even wasting your your time doing expound you know expending all that defensive effort so Another question here from another another great listener, great listener of the pod, Zach Blackerby, uh, about Christian Wood. What type of wood is best, and why is it mahogany? Mahogany is a, a great wood. I will go with. Um, I'm going to go with palm. Actually, palm palm wood is that is that a type of wood? Palm wood. Palm wood. I'm. You know what? I, I'm just ignore me. I play a lot of Terraria, so like I'm just that's 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 a fictional wood from a video game. Please ignore me. What's the wood they use in Settlers of Catan? Maybe that. Maybe, that, maybe that's the one. God. Shout out to Zach. Um, one of the other questions is a lot of people have been comparing him to 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 Christoph Porzingis because you think, oh, he's a guy that can pick and roll, guy that can pick and pop, guy that defends a little bit, but that's not the best thing that he does. Um, and then. It, but is he's not as injury prone, right? What kind of injury situation has did Christian Wood have this past year? I saw he missed a, a section of games, but it didn't seem like he missed a ton of games for the Rockets. Wood didn't miss any like heavy, like significant time this past year, at least not due to like a crazy injury or anything. His first year in Houston, he he managed to roll his ankle, missed three games, and then rolled the exact same ankle. I think it was his right ankle, and missed seventeen games because of it. And so, and those ankle injuries, I mean, you ever, like, when you see the rolled ankle happen on TV, you're just like, Ugh, like, you immediately start yeah, recoiling. Yeah, and it was, it was bad because, like, he just, he kind of probably came back a little bit too early from the first, you know, rolled ankle and then rolled the exact same one a second time. So it just probably hadn't finished healing. Doesn't really have, like, an injury history, I would say. Um, was relatively healthy this past season. I think the differences, at least to me, between him and, and Porzingis is, Porzingis at times, right, had the ability to, you know, maybe go his back to the basket, you know, elevate, turn around over some smaller guys. He sure did think bit. so. He, th he thought so, right? I'm not saying, I, we won't get into the efficiency numbers behind it, but he thought he could, right? See what isn't a back to the basket player. So mm. like he is going to face up. He is going to attack off the catch. He's a great guy. He'll be able to station on the three-point line, shoots a ridiculous uh, rate from the three-point line, uh, great three-point shooter. And he's going to be able to attack off the catch in situations like that. And he draws fouls at a pretty solid rate as well. My biggest gripe with him at times is offensively, he does tunnel vision and yeah. that can be a little bit frustrating. And again, maybe it's a, you know, a symptom of playing on a Rockets team where he just didn't 
quite believe in the teammates that he had with him and, you know, wanted to just focus on getting his numbers. Maybe that changes a little bit with the Mavericks, but he's a guy that can attack can put the ball on the floor, can get into the paint and either draw fouls or create for his teammates. And when he's playing that level of basketball, which he did at times with the Houston Rockets, that's when he's at his absolute best. And that's when he is a borderline, like all-star caliber player that you could have just, if you're the Mavericks, you may or may not have just kind of lucked into. So that's when Christian Wood is at his best. And at this point, like, Looking at this Mavericks team, I know Jalen Brunson just had like a career year with the Mavericks. If it just, if the Mavericks rolled into the next season with this exact like lineup, no other changes, I think Christian Wood's going to be the second leading scorer on this Mavericks team. It's interesting because it's a team that just went to the Western Conference Finals. Luka and Brunson were kind of the only guy, and then Dinwiddie a little bit, were the only guys that can get their own shot and were the the main scorers. But they add that to, to this exact rotation that went to the Western Conference Finals, they add Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. back. Tim Hardaway Jr. is the Mavs' second leading scorer, not this past season, but the year before that. And so now it's like, okay, who's going to be the second leading scorer? Is it is it going to be Brunson again? Is he going to step in and be like, all right, all that stuff I showed in the playoffs, I'm going to do for the rest of the season? Or is it Christian Wood who comes in and surprises with some of this stuff? Is it Tim Hardaway Jr. comes back in a vengeance? Is it Spencer Dinwiddie? The Mavs have so many more offensive options than they did two years ago, and it's kind of amazing. And the Mavs kind of, right, they suffered a little bit from this symptom, right, where like Luka is incredibly consistent as a star, right? Like he's going to put out his numbers. Yeah. And at times it kind of felt like the Mavs just needed like that one other guy to step up with Luka. And, you know, one night it'd be Brunson, one night it's Dinwiddie, one night it's, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., right? Like, you know, any of those guys, right? Christian Wood is going to be that more consistent piece offensively for the Mavericks to where it's going to be you can almost rely heavily on Luca's going to get his Christian Wood's going to get his because Luca is getting his. And because guys have to pay so much attention to him that he's going to be the role man, the pick and pop big that's going to feast off of all the attention from Luca. And then you've got those two guys, Luca churning out 30 points, Wood churning out 20 points consistently. Then you have that luxury of when one of those other guys pops off to go 15, 20 plus on any given night, you're going to be blowing out opponents left and right. Christian Wood had uh, 35 games of 10 or more rebounds last year. And he had 33 games of nine rebounds or less. That is like <laughs> for a team that just had Dwight Powell as a center. That's like an incredible, <laughs> incredible number. So I think he's going to, he's going to produce. It's an incredible trade for the Mavericks uh, to step, to take another step forward, only give up that 26 pick. Jackson Gatlin will have all kinds of stuff over Locked on Rockets. If you're interested in uh, what the Mavs pick would have brought in, whoever they whoever they decided to make the pick, uh, you can go check out some of our draft profiles that we put on YouTube, Jackson. If you want to go see some of those, we've already done the research on those guys. Oh, I've just already started screen recording them. I'm just going to repurpose them <laughs> on Locked on Rockets. There you go. Guys, go follow Jackson at JT Gatlin on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.